Hi, welcome to Pivot and Thrive. This is your host, Kim Shea. I'm a certified retirement coach. Today's July 29th, 2021. And today I get to speak to somebody I'm so excited to introduce you to. His name is Jeff Lizowitz. He's a life coach for what he calls heart-centered creative types. He inspires and teaches writers, artists, songwriters, musicians, filmmakers, solopreneurs, arts organizations, and every other human with a heartbeat, which is covering a lot of people, to amp up their vision and tap into their potential and shine, which is awesome. He's also the author of a book called Not Effing Around, The No BS Guide to Getting or Forgetting Your Creative Dreams Off the Ground. And we're going to talk to him today because when you go visit this guy's website, it's amazing. There is so much information on here. He produces so much content. For those of you who are not in the social media sphere, producing content just means there's a lot of really interesting things in there to see, to read, to listen to, to watch. And he's just kind of on fire. And I think he can really help you if you are getting ready to retire or if you already have retired and you're just thinking the arts are calling you, you've always wanted to write a book or create something or come up with a, a vision for who you want to be that's a little different than what you've been doing, but it definitely has an artistic angle to it. Jeff is your guy. So welcome, Jeff Lizowitz, to the program. Well, thank you. And thanks for having me, Kim. Thank you. Tell me about your background. How did you end up on this path? Well, I've always been the creative type. When I was just a kid, I was sort of like one of the weird friendless kids, you know, (laughs) uh, playing by myself in the backyard, that kind of stuff. Um, I went to summer camp in the 70s when I was a little kid. And one summer there was a an empty cabin. One of the counselors brought up a drum kit along with a couple a stereo system and a couple boxes, milk crates of records, which in the 70s was, you know, what we now call classic rock. Mm-hmm. So that's Zeppelin and Bowie and the Stones and all those amazing bands. And every night after dinner, he would he would go into this um cabin and put on these records and play with them. And I, as a little kid, just kind of sit there outside, like 30 or 40 feet away under this tree. And, you know, it was getting dark and the fireflies would come up and, you know, I would kind of be mesmerized. And, and one day this guy comes out and he's like, Hey kid, come here. I'm like, wait, what? He's like, do you want to come in and check this out? I'm like, yeah. (laughs) So I go into this cabin and he puts on the who song won't get fooled again. And if you know that one, it's a big rocker. It's like seriously a big song. And this guy just bashes the heck out of these drums. And my heart explodes. I'm like, this is really cool. And that kind of got me on fire really for the rest of my life, um, you know, in music. But, you know, I do all kinds of other stuff. I'm a writer, photographer, filmmaker, all the things you said. I, You know, my bio will take all the whole podcast to tell you. So, but, you know, that's where I got the start, you know. That's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. That's how you got inspired. So um, you've got all these short videos, which I think are really interesting. You call them rocket fuel. And they're really highly stylized videos. They're really neat how they're all shot and how you've done it with the, I guess you call it like a, it's not even dual camera, but it's like a little version and big version on mm-hmm. the same screen. So, um, and, and they're wonderful. They're real, all very inspiring. How did you come up with the idea for doing something like that? It's a, just short little bites. Yep. Uh, well, you know, my best teachers are everybody else. You know, so if I find someone who inspires me, who's doing the thing, whatever that is, 
there's a, if you ask the right questions, you can always get some kind of wisdom or perspective mm-hmm. from them. So I found a bunch of people, you know, in different fields, you know, creative types that I was, you know, that I liked them, liked what they did, whatever, and just interviewed them. As far as the stylized part of it, you know, it's like there's a lot of social media out there and most of it's kind of crappy. So it did take forever to make those videos, to do it like that, you know. Um, But you're right. They are pretty compelling. And I did keep them short because that's, you know, people want the bite size. So that's what I got. Yeah, it's an attention span issue. But the nice thing is, it seems like you've filtered out everything that's just riffraff, but you really got to the heart and soul of what you really need to hear to inspire you. And if you just have two minutes, go on his website, check it out and and click on rocket fuel. And you'll just hear something that is inspiring for a minute Absolutely. And about your day. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, your, your website is jefflizowitz.com. And we will have the link for that in the show notes. And we'll also spell it for you, but if, in case you, are not somewhere where you can write it down. You can just click on it in the show notes. Uh, tell me about your book. My book, Not Effing Around, The No BS Guide for Getting Your Creative Dreams Off the Ground. Well, uh, I wrote this book because I have spent my really my entire life in one way or another banging my head against the wall to move forward in my creative career. And I have had, you know, pretty, pretty good successes in various ways and also all kinds of failures. So this book is my attempt to help you, the general public or whoever wants to actually read this thing, to not bang your head against the wall so much. Because I've learned a lot, a lot, a lot about myself, about the world, how to hack your own um, you know, challenges and blocks, things like that. I've got all kinds of philosophies and thoughts in there. Um, so it's really just, you know, that's what it is. And like the videos, I kept the book really pretty short. It's, I think it's easy and fun to read. I've also got, you know, uh, cartoon illustrations in there, but that said, there's a lot of big ideas. So it's not, it's not fluff. It's just, fun and easy, which is kind of how I, I do my coaching. I do my teaching. I teach college students, songwriting, stuff like this. So it's like, you can teach people stuff. It doesn't have to be, you know, really intense. It just, just have fun. It's life, you know? Yeah. So what are some things that you teach in there? In the songwriting class or in the book? In the book. In the book. Yeah. Um, So one thing is, let's just say, Uh, failure, looking at failure. A lot of people are scared of failure. They avoid it. They try not to do it. They, you know, and if if something's scary, they just don't step forward. The fact is failure is actually your friend. And it is, in fact, the only way to success. There is literally no successful person in the history of the earth who has hit you know, a hundred percent with every single endeavor they've ever done. It's just impossible. So instead of being scared of failure and even calling it failure, I call it feedback, right? Mm. You, you, you have a goal, you take some action towards it and then something happens. Okay. So let's say you don't get to your goal in whatever way that means. Well, 
there's a bunch of responses. One response is, oh, geez, this is too hard. I'm no good at this. I stink, whatever. And you stop. That's obviously, you know, not going to work for the long term. A much better perspective is what can I learn from this? Ask questions from every possible direction. Dig in deep. Ask questions of the questions, right? Learn everything you can about what worked and what didn't because, you know, few action steps towards your goal are going to be complete failures. Like something's going to work, right? But some parts are not going to work. So you just figure all that out. Take a minute, take a breath, realign yourself, make a new plan and do it again. So (laughs) the faster you do this, the faster you will get to your goal. And, And by the way, will it hurt? You know, yeah, of course it will. Mm -hmm. But guess what? It's the only way to do it. Right. And don't take it. Don't take it personally. You know, people get especially creatives get very um, feel very personal about the work that they do because we put in so much love and energy and passion and power into the thing. So it's 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 reasonable to think that way. But the truth is, you are not your work right? You, your value as a person is not the same thing as did your book sell or did people listen to your song on Spotify or did you get good reviews, you know, or something like that. That's a good point. Those are really good points. And um, I mean, I don't, I'll ask you about your clientele, but I think sometimes you would think maybe somebody who's getting towards retirement would be fearless at this point because they've already lived 50, 60 years, 70 years, but uh, I was uh, talking to somebody recently and she was saying her mom had a talent. She was trying to encourage her mom to, to now that she was retired, go after this talent and try to use it. But her mom was too afraid. And so, um, and she's an artist. So I could see where maybe, maybe that's even harder to try and start something new like that. Have you found a difference? Like, is it easier for a younger person to get past their fears or older people or, have you noticed? Well, yeah. I mean, in a way, there's, you know, there's there's benefits and challenges for every age group. And, you know, this is obviously just general kind Absolutely. of thoughts here. Yes. Yeah. But when you're young, one of the beauties of being young is you're too clueless to know what the world really is, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I think back of, of my time and, you know, my college students, you know, if you don't really understand like how the world kind of is, you're much more willing to step on the gas full speed and just drive as fast as you can towards your goal. And guess what's going to happen? You're going to get somewhere and you're going to get clobbered and you're going to get somewhere and you're going to get clobbered. Right. The question is over time, how do you react to those experiences? Right. So when you say an older person, might be fearless. That's true. They might be. They also might be very fearful, depending on how they've reacted to all those experiences up till that point. Mm, okay, that plays into it. Yeah. So, so what happens if if somebody's getting ready to retire and they are thinking now I'm going to write that novel or now I'm going to be an artist, which I always wanted to be. So, what do they do? How do they proceed in a way that? They're going to have a, a greater chance of success. Mm-hmm. Well, like one of the biggest things is 
simply to tap into two things. One is why are you doing this? Right? Whatever the thing is, if you're going to be a painter or write your memoir or you know, whatever your thing is, we really want to know why we do the things we do. Because that taps in to our truth, our passion, and our energy. And the more conscious we are of that, the more energy and power and focus occurs. Okay, so that's the that's the first thing. And the second thing is remembering the joy. Okay, so unlike, you know, people in the workforce who might be doing their creative, um, you know, work for money, as a retiree, it is more likely, I would say, that you're doing your thing for joy, right? So keeping that in mind, like, what is my joy? Why do I want to do this? And what is my joy? Like, it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to get into a museum or be on the top 10 or make a ton of money or like all these things. Um, Having that levity and that sense of, you know, this is playful. Like, Like, remember what it's like to play. That is all, that's the key to creativity at, at, and success, really, at any level or any age. Yeah, that's a good point. What about if somebody has to do it for a living, though, or that's part of their personality that they've maybe sequestered all these years because they felt like, well, I can't make a living being an artist. That's, that's a common feeling among a lot of people is I can't make a living being artist, so I'm going to go be, you know, a teacher or a doctor or whatever. But now they want to go do this thing. And a lot of people... If they retire at 65, they know they may live to be 95, and they know they are going to have to work for a little bit of time. So if somebody wanted to try and do this for money, what what advice or how do you coach somebody like that? Well, I mean, if they do want to, you know, make their art or their creativity for money, well, then that is a little different, right? We want to get your skills up right? Because you're, you're competing in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. You also want to have some kind of business plan. You want to look at what's going on out there and, you know, try to understand what this is. And what that means is, is different for everybody, right? If you're, you know, if you're retiring at 65 and you want to, you know, be on Broadway and you haven't done a play since, you know, high school, I'm, you know, I, as a, as a, um, and you, and you're trying to do it for money, you know, as a coach, I would question you seriously, like what's going on here. And it, if you're trying to make money, that's not your best route, right? Mm-hmm. Cause it's already extremely difficult. And if you don't have, you know, 35 years of experience, you know, it's going to be a tough trip. So, I mean, you got to, you just have to look at all the factors really. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. And so maybe they could, do what they were doing their whole lives, basically, which is find a way to make some income and then for joy, pursue these other things that you want to do and work your way up. I mean, theater can take a while to get to get high enough to get the lead role or something like that after yeah. a lot of plays. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so you have a songwriting course. I do. I teach uh, songwriting to college students mm. at a college here near Seattle. It's one-on-one lessons, and it's like a dream job, you know? Yeah, you like that? What do you like about it? 
oh, well, I get to hang out with, your, with a bunch of 20-year-olds who want to rock, you know? It's like, I'm like, <laughs> it's like and somebody's paying me for this? So fantastic. Let's do uh, it. That's pretty cool. That's neat. Yeah. Have you have you heard some stuff that you found was really inspiring? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, there are some students who are, you know, they're all right. They kind of do it like any other class. There's some students who, you know, don't pay much attention. And then you've got like, you know, just like anything, some of the students are really, really talented and motivated. And, you know, you can spot that pretty easily. And, so, you know, some of my students have won national awards and gotten record deals and, um, you know, all toured the country and like all that kind of stuff. So it's really pretty cool for me as a teacher to help develop them and help mentor them and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'll bet that would be really satisfying to see that and watch them succeed. It's always cool to watch somebody. I, I find it's always cool to watch somebody come out of their, their skin and be who they really could be. And they just have sat on it for so long, a teenager or an adult, whoever just all of a sudden decides they can break out of who they normally are and be something really amazing in the arts. It's fun to watch. Um, So I saw that you have zoom parties. That sounds very, very interesting. Can you tell me about that? Sure. Uh, Zoom party, you know, I teach all kinds of, you know, besides this one-on-one coaching stuff, I've got all kinds of, uh, you know, like work interactive workshops that I do. I, I do them in Seattle with the King County library system, which is pretty cool. Go around to the different libraries and do these things and, and various other arts organizations and stuff around town. But the uh, zoom parties is, you know, I'd say like, Hey Kim, if you can find five writers who, you know, want to do this, I set up a zoom uh, you know, a Zoom call. You invite your friends. We find a time, and then we go in there, and I I teach the class, facilitate the class, and you know, it's just kind of cool because it's it's different and this and that, and uh, you know, everybody learns something and has some fun. That does sound like fun, and I mean, Zoom has become the way of being connected to people, but that sounds like a really nice way to sit around. And everyone be creative. Now, is it is it like a mastermind thing? where you're holding people accountable or what? No, no, no. Um, that is just a, a once and done, you know, it's like an hour, hour and a quarter okay. kind of thing. And, you know, I've got a couple different ones, like ones for writers, ones for songwriters, ones for, you know, just in general, refinding your passion, stepping it up, things like that. And, you know, you know, it's like a basic workshop. I get up there and I, yap and tell you some great, you know, idea and thought, and then we have some discussion and then we do some exercises and, you know, it's, you know, it's something like that. Okay. That sounds great. Mm -hmm. So if somebody wants to be a writer, that's something that a lot of people seem like they want to do that. They want to write their memoirs or they've had this great American novel they've been working on. What do you do for somebody like that? What, what is your angle with them? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, the first thing always in any of my clients is kind of assess the situation, ask them a bunch of questions just to figure out where they are, who they are and what they want. Right. And what's stopping them from, from doing it. Cause you know, obviously something is stopping them or they wouldn't need a coach. Um, so from there we, you know, figure out the plan, what's going on with them. And uh, again, come up with, you know, what are the steps? What kind of schedule can we do? What, how can I be, how can they be accountable 
to me, which is another big part of being a coach, okay, right? Yeah. It's like, hey, you know, if we're doing this every week, what's reasonable as far as writing? Either time, you know, do I want to write an hour a day? Or are you going to show me five pages each week? Or, you know, just whatever. And then we have that kind of accountability. Um, you know, from the craft of writing, I also have a degree in creative writing. You know, I've written books and screenplays and all this. So if that is something that they want or need, I'm very happy to help them with that as that is being generated. I can, you know, read their stories and, um, you know, just help them focus it and, you know, just give them basic writing advice, storytelling advice. Uh huh. Okay. How about when somebody, I know this is a problem with writers, they decide they're going to write so much and it's going to be written so quickly or whatever, and they get writer's block. What, what advice do you have for somebody? Uh, well, what's the advice for writer's block is the question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, writer's block is really, in my opinion, about, you know, the fear of, you know, not having something to say or not being good enough or, you know, just something like that. So again, we take it back to the play. We take it back to the, just the movement and fluidity of ideas. Okay. So, um, you know, I've got all kinds of exercises mm. to help people just kind of, just kind of write and not really be attached to it. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. Cause that's really what it is. It reminds me a lot of, um, the, the Buddhist sand painters. Have mm -hmm. you, are you familiar with yeah. this? Right. So the Buddhist monks, they've got this thing going, but you know, part of Buddhism is having non-attachment to anything in life, right? So these guys get together up at the monastery on the mountain or whatever and spend weeks with colored sand making these mandalas, these incredibly beautiful, um, you know, images out of colored sand. When they're done, they take a, they take a breath and say a prayer and sweep it away. It's always amazing. Right? Yeah. It's amazing. And it, it, it reminds me of something that happened with me in college, which was I took a pottery class, right? So in the first week or two, we make the fir our first pot. Like, wow, this is cool. So we go in there the next week and talk to the professor. And she's like, okay, that's cool. Grab your pot and, and come down the hall with me, you guys. So we come down the hall. She's like, put on these goggles. I'm like, ah, okay. We go into this little room, little concrete room. And she's like, hey, Jeff. Take your pot, smash it against the wall. Oh my! I'm like, I'm like what? <laughs> like creation? Like, what are you talking? About? <laughs> yeah, creation. So we all smashed our pots. Oh gosh! And then you know we come back and in, into the class and talk about it. What was that like? What was what's her point? And you know the concept is similar to the, uh, you know the Buddhist monks, where it's like what we create as artists is is truly both sacred, like this is, this is the truth coming from me, mm -hmm. right? In my words, in my song, in my dance, whatever your thing is. And it's also very ephemeral, right? A hundred years from now, you know, we're all gone. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, you know, we get too, we almost get too attached to the thing. So just kind of understanding that let's just have fun with the creativity. Do that that is going to help people, you know, move through this and realize it's not, you know, it's not the biggest deal in the world. Yeah. Right? 
That is, that's a really good exercise. Was anybody crying when they had to smash their product? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if I worked so hard, I was so pleased, I'd be crying. Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, in teaching the songwriting students, I see the same kind of thing. Many of the students, it's the first time they've ever written and recorded a song when I, when I start with them the first semester. And they're so wound up about making it perfect. And I'm like, look, the Beatles wrote hundreds of songs before they got a record deal. Taylor Swift, hundreds of songs. Like, the co- there is no way you're going to write your best song right out of the gate. So take a chill pill and just do it and assume it's just a step on the path. That's really good advice. I like your, I like your approach. It's pretty cool. Uh, do you believe in reincarnation? <laughs> uh, well, that one's a little out of left field. No, no, there. it's going to come back. Uh, it's going to make sense. <laughs> but uh, if you don't, then we'll just end the conversation right there. But if you do, I want to ask you a different question. I would, well, let's go down that path for sure. So I would say yes. And so, I mean, I think it's beyond the human comprehension to understand what that really means, but I'm still going to go with yes. Okay. So if you believe in reincarnation and let's say it's real and you have created this piece of work, a piece of art or, you know, a monument or uh, written something, do you ever wonder like what happens if I come back 100, 200 years from now, and I would recognize that and say, oh, that has special meaning to me. This means something. Like, this book is really special to me because on some level, you'll know you wrote that before. So you have this law of detachment you're practicing with your art, but maybe you shouldn't because that'll be your signpost for later on. I'm just wondering. That's that's where my mind goes sometimes. I'm just wondering if you have the same thought. I have never had that same thought and I love it. And I think it's an awesome premise for a movie. <laughs> so I'm going to write that idea down and I might write a movie. Around you that. should just invite me to the showing, please. Absolutely. Playwriter. <laughs> what kind of, what kind of plays or, or productions have you written that you've done screenplays for? What's your mm-hmm. thing? Well, um, what I would consider my two best and the ones that I am working these days, one is a sci-fi action movie which uh, is a computer activist slash hacker um, trying to inform the world that the media is kind of influencing a vote to go to war through these computer chips in everybody's brain. Wow. So it's not that far off. Yeah, really. Of what's going on in the world tomorrow. these days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, the other one is, from my experience, actually based on summer camp. Mm. So it's a retro comedy in summer camp. That's so cool. That's really neat. Yeah, yeah. It, it is interesting, just the whole creative process. When you're talking about this, the screenplays too, I was watching my son play a game, a video game, and the graphics are very interesting. But basically what's happening is your character has suddenly left the world and is inside a computer program, inside a computer chip. Mm. And you can see you're actually climbing around inside this computer chip. But And... And it's just such an interesting uh, game to watch. And I'm just picturing all these people sitting around, or maybe it's just this one person sitting around going through the whole process in their head of, and then what happens is, and then if you do this, this happens. And um, I suppose that's something somebody could do too, right? To get help from you if they want to design a game or an app or something like that, that's very creative. Oh yeah, You could help them with that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's really neat. 
I think what you do is a really great service for people. I think that's really uh, neat. Um, let me see what else I want to ask you about. Oh, you said on your website you can download some free chapters of the book. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. So Absolutely. Get a taste yeah. of it. Yeah. Just go on there and sign up and you'll get it. Okay. Um, you help arts organizations, right? Mm-hmm. What is something that they might need from you? Well, um, they might need inspiration. They might need a new perspective. Uh, they might need, you know, something specific in terms of how can we tell a story about what we do or about what our specific artists or creatives do. So it's really all kinds of stuff like that. Okay. Do you ever connect people, any of your clients to each other? Like this person, oh, yeah. you know this person? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm. it's not just like, here's your hour and you're done. It's like, you know, basically all my clients are awesome humans, mm. right? I only want to work with awesome humans who are psyched about, you know, being creative and, and expressing their truth and all kinds of stuff like that. So I help all of them in any way that I can, anytime I see an opportunity or a connection. That's neat. So you're their cheerleader and their champion if, oh, yeah. if they're your yeah, client. Yeah. That's really wonderful. So let me ask you, because we just kind of dabbled in a little bit of spirituality there. We were talking about reincarnation. And um, what do you think creativity is really all about? Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, creativity can be anything from, you know, here's a fun little thing and here's just some amusement or whatever. But at its best, I believe that creativity is a way for us to be seen, expressed, healed and connected Mm. okay so check this out what am what am i talking about well to be seen first in this world we are often not particularly well seen if you're walking down the street you're not seen if you're on the freeway you know stuff like that on the internet you know barely Um, so then you have your next level and that's your acquaintances and maybe your coworkers, something like that and they kind of maybe see you they kind of get you but probably not that much right And then you've got your close circle. This is your good friends, your family, things like that. And hopefully they get you and they understand you. But in my experience, there's some missing spots there. They don't all get you in every way. So that's the being seen. The second part is expressed. And in my definition, expressed is simply moving from our potential to our actual, to our actual experience. So let's think of a dancer. On Saturday night, she knows all the moves, but she's sitting in the corner. The music's thumping, the disco ball's going, right? She's not expressed in that moment. When she gets out there, she's expressed. It's like the poet who's got a ton of poems on the desk. Hey, that's great. But if you're not writing a poem, you're not being a poet. Okay, so that's the express part. What about the healing aspect of creativity? Well, anyone who creates from a from a a true place of authenticity and vulnerability whether it's painting or dancing or songs or writing or whatever i believe understands that there is some kind of healing that happens through that and it doesn't have to be you know a catharsis or a dark thing although that often is the case right it can also be you know a celebration it's like you know what what's the healing in a love song Well, I would say the healing and love song is letting go of all that pain and loneliness 
from the past. This is my new love. This is my experience in that moment. So when we are seen, expressed, and healed through our creativity, we then give that gift of our creativity to the world. And when I say the world, I'm not talking Madison Square Garden, the top of the New York Times bestseller list or anything like that. I mean, anybody, two people, somebody on the internet, whatever. When you give your gift to the world, this is where it gets really cool. Because this is when you become the gift. Because you show others that they can be seen expressed and healed. And when we do this, we all become more connected through the experience of our art and creativity. This is why we love movies and music and books and paintings and all these things so much because we connect on the deep level of our humanity. That makes us as creators so much bigger than just like, I like to paint or I think I'll write a story. It puts us kind of like in this army of people who are trying to not only heal ourselves, but heal the world through creativity. And that is a much bigger deal. And believe me, I think we all know that we need this big time. Oh yeah. Right now. That's beautiful, Jeff. That's really a wonderful way of looking at it. I think you know, it can be seen as something frivolous, what people are doing with paint and pen and taking the time to write a little song or whatever. But it is it is much bigger than that. And I really like how you have expressed that. And I think a lot of people, when they get to retirement age, and they're open to that. They're a little bit more open to that, to shaking off some of the restrictions that they had before. And, and this could be a wonderful time to really express yourself. But I had not really heard that full line of thought before, that you are becoming the gift yourself with your art. I think that's beautiful. It's really great. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Wow, wow. So what's next for you? What does the future hold for you? More, you know, more, 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 as my old friend Billy Idol used to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, I just like for me, it, it, it's one of my great gifts and blessings, I guess, in the world is I feel like I'm just a wellspring of creativity. I do not uh, having ideas is not a problem. Mm -hmm. The thing is, how do I have time and energy to do these things? So, you know, I have recently made a really smart change in my life, which is I'm prioritizing my creative life. You know, I, I still do the coaching and the teaching and, you know, exercise and socialization, all that kind of stuff. But these days, I'm like, you know what? Five days a week, the first thing I'm doing is spending at least an hour writing, making music, whatever. And I'll tell you what, for me, and I think for anybody, this completely changes the color and vibe of the entire day. Mm. Like I can feel, <laughs> I literally can feel good about the day, even if the whole rest of the day goes south. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, hey, at least I rode for an hour. Yeah, it's a huge accomplishment. Yeah, I could see that. And just having yeah. that time that's just for you. Because even even the things that you're doing, these other things you're doing, the coaching and and, and consulting and everything, that's for other people. It's for you on mm -hmm. some level, but it's also mm -hmm. about you. You're doing something for other people. But this is just for you, that, that time that you're taking mm -hmm. for yourself. That's really yeah. great. 
And yeah. And that's something I know a lot of people need to work on too, is finding that time for themselves. And this is such an excellent outlet to do that. And then, you know, you'll have that painting that you'll come back and find in another lifetime because you took the time to create it. It's pretty awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Well, Jeff, I'd like to thank you for being on the show today. I think you're very inspiring and you're a very likable guy. And I think if somebody's looking for someone to help them get out there and figure out how they want to get there, they would they would be amiss not to check you out and check out your website and everything because you've got a wonderful energy about you that I'm sure you just really would light people up and inspire them as they move forward on this journey. That's what I do. And by the way, for anybody out there, just go to the website and I'm, I'm happy and thrilled even to do uh, short, you know, sort of consults, free complimentary um, sessions just to see, you know, how I can help you and if it's a good fit and all this and that. So, you know, you got nothing to lose. Yeah. Just go ahead uh, it up. Yeah. That's great. All right. So it's, it's Jeff Lizowitz.com. And so it's Jeff J E F F. And then Lizowitz is L E I. S-A-W-I-T-Z and .com. So that is pretty simple. It's just his name. And um, I think even if you even come close, it'll probably pull up Jeff's website for you because it's not. <laughs> That's not right. There's only, one, <laughs> yeah. there's only one Jeff Lieswitz in the known universe. Yeah, well, and so, I can see why. Yeah. I can see why. You're amazing. And really just take the time to play around on his website. He's got so much stuff there for you to look at and read. I think you'll really enjoy yourself. And I just want to thank you for your time. This Talk about a gift. It's been a gift to spend time with you and what you're sharing with all of our listeners. So thank you, Jeff. Beautiful. Thank you. You take care. Too. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Pivot and Thrive. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you know anybody who you think would be a great subject for this podcast, please have them contact me. They can go to my website, retirementpurposecoach.com. And at the bottom of that front page, there is a contact section and they can just reach me right there. I'd love to hear from them. I am a certified retirement coach. So if you need any help from me with your retirement so that you have your own success story, you can contact me there as well. I'd like to thank Bokuwa and Wizzy2k for the use of their song, Will You Stay With Me? I have the link to that song in the show notes. Have an excellent rest of your day, whatever it is that you're doing. I hope it's purposeful. You'll enjoy your life so much better if that's your focus. Bye for now.